This is the Derek Podcast, with your host Larianda and the Rohirrim Tom. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Daedric Podcast. I am once again joined by my co-host Tom. Hey guys. Which I have. It's a sentence that I have to say way too often whenever I'm making those opening tracks. <laughs> and like in 500 different ways <laughs> to finally get something, someone that, some, it, that, it, one uh, that sounds good. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's like <laughs> watching someone get kicked in the balls. It's, amu- <laughs> wow. it's amusing, yet it breaks pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof, oof. So today we will be looking once again at the Elder Scrolls Iceberg. Yeah, the and infinite source of content and theories to oh, yeah. satisfy your Elder Scrolls goblin brains. <laughs> goblin brains, wow. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, we, we were delving deep into the ones, trying to find some good ones to talk about. And uh, in my research, I found this one uh, Tumblr user. Mm-hmm. Uh, who goes by the name Kagranax. It's with an S at the end. Uh, like the character, Kagranax. Um, yeah. Kagranax they, was the they... uh, ice giant, right? No. No? Wait. Wait. Am I mis- I'm thinking in, thinking of the Dwemer who created the tools. Wasn't oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, that's ca- <laughs> uh, the giant is Karstag. Karstag. Karstag, yeah. There yeah, Kagrenak is the Dwemer yeah. Forge Master that, for, uh, yes. that uh, made Keening, the... Sunder, yeah. and uh, Guard. Yeah, and so. uh, then ringed up the yes. Heart of Lorcan. So, this Tumblr user, Kagrenax, uh, made a whole analysis of the uh, Elder Scrolls Iceberg. And they made a, like, you know, very good analysis, in my opinion. Uh, they sometimes couldn't... They just abbreviated everything, but it's... Um, mm-hmm. If you want like a quick check, uh, then I suggest you look at them. Uh, we will be using some inspiration from them as well, but we will tend to like go deeper or just start our own theories as well. Yeah. So, what I um, did, what I do with just the... just giving credit where it's due. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't end, don't yeah. don't use any like of, of these sources. Like I know that uh, icebergs have been done in the past, like mm-hmm. uh, and especially with something as popular as the Yellow Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iceberg that we are using, uh, since it's so com- complicated and uh, so vast, it uh, attracted a lot of uh, a lot of content creators. Yes, and a it, lot of it's, be- it's been done, <laughs> but still, there's like uh, with lore as deep as Elder Scrolls, there's mm-hmm. still a research to be done, and uh, it's actually fun to delve into it, like when it comes to stuff. Uh, that's like deeper and uh, with stuff uh, coming from Michael Kirkbride oh god uh, yes that's it, 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 get, it gets fun <laughs> the thing th- funny thing is um, there's a lot of people like who go through these uh, theories uh, but then mm-hmm. we don't I haven't found a single source of like the original creator of the whole list <laughs> like where did they get them all these theories from that's, oh, yeah, that, that's a good idea like uh, how do they like even know that these things exist no exactly all right so um, yeah where to begin well I mean you mentioned Michael Kirkblade and we've mentioned him before uh, but I mm-hmm. want to like reiterate uh, 
a bit more about who he is, not not just uh, for the audience, but also for myself, is that he is a uh, he used to work uh, at uh, Bethesda. Uh, he co uh, he basically worked uh, on the Red Guard and I think Daggerfall. And Morrowind uh, as a supporting, he, like he, he's a writer. He, he's one of the lower masters. Yes, he was originally in the first the first two games I mentioned, uh, and then he he comes up as a lore master. He's writing. He wrote some books for Oblivion as well, uh, and they actually used him uh, for some references in uh, online. Uh, in, in no no uh, in Skyrim as well, and oh. it's interesting that uh, he is apparently still used as an official you know uh, contributant to uh, the games. Yet at the same time, he has all these seemingly unrealistic <laughs> theories and uh, fan works uh, about the Elder Scrolls as well. So it's like you know it's very hard to see what he sa- whether or not what he says is canon or not. So just wanted to uh, emphasize that again. And um, let's see, he uh, wrote... the, the thing to be noted yes. uh, mm-hmm. is that all the thing that, uh, things that uh, like it do make the bulk of the Elder Scrolls lore, like the Numidia, the uh, the Etada, and stuff like that. Um, all these things were made by Kirkbride. These things were written during the making of Daggerfall. Is like it? The, the is it are of, you sure that he's the only one who worked on No, that of one? course he's not the only one, but he's okay, like yeah. <laughs> he's like the capacity behind it. Oh, okay, yeah. That's why he's okay. been spitting out uh, this extra content, quote-unquote. <laughs> yes. Because so, uh, it's, it's just his passion. And uh, in his words, he wants Elder Scrolls lore to be more um, community-based. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did mention, and that's why he also created the uh, website C0DA or Coda, if you will. Coda. As well yep. as uh, Tomorrowind, uh, which are basically Tomorrowind, I believe, is a is a is something where fans can basically submit their ideas for lore. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, he is uh, fairly um, active in the Elder Scrolls lore subreddit. Oh yeah, and in there uh, there is a whole like tag uh, made to uh, made to him that's uh, called Apocrypha, and Apocrypha <laughs> is basically <laughs> non-canon lore uh, made by fans, and uh, he is, as as I said he's very active in that, yeah. and also like but also like uh, casual fans also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Contribute to that. Uh, and the last thing I want to specifically mention uh, is that he wrote the uh, the big pieces he wrote was the love letter of from the fifth era and the uh, Kinmun and the second pocket guide to the uh, empire. I believe those are the main things he wrote. And in the love letter of the fifth era, which by the name you can uh, guess, uh, it it takes place in uh, the future after an event called the landfall took place. Which basically yeah. is uh, um, Mars uh, Secunda is basically orbiting Mars. The two moons that uh, Nern has, yeah. they are not both orbiting Nern. Uh, Masser, the bigger one, is orbiting Nern, but Secunda, the smaller one, is actually orbiting Masser. 
mm-hmm. and uh, gravity still works as it does in our universe. So uh, and because the moons, when you actually play the games, are fucking close, they are big. <laughs> so they uh, so both are affected by Nern's gravitational pull, and Secunda is actually getting farther uh, for, uh, from. Uh, Nern? Master and closer oh. to Nern, and uh, it's oh. like speculated that the landfall is actually uh, Secunda slingshotting into um, Nern. into Nern, or actually like slingshotting out of uh, the gravitational pull of Nern, and that allows um, Master to come uh, crashing down, or just Secunda ca- crashing into Master. Uh, whatever permutation of that situation it's just the moons going going boom boom i thought i thought it had more to do with the fact that uh, well i mean uh i believe that uh the population of nern went to uh secunda i think they now live on secunda because the uh, nern mm-hmm. was destroyed by yep. uh, numidium that, that's one of the like uh, the thing that i said is one of the theories oh, okay. how uh, the yeah. like because there's even like uh stories from Kirkbride. That take place in the ninth era, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, the uh, empire, um, the empire is kind of like quote unquote canonically on uh, the both of the moons actually. Oh okay. And uh, yes, yeah, Secunda uh, is th- there's a big colony on Secunda. Ah yeah, there you go. So yeah, that's uh, yeah he's. Uh... He's got some wild things, and he will definitely come up again. But as you can see uh, on the screen, the main things that uh, well I came with uh, today uh, <laughs> are uh, yeah you, you contributed as well. But uh, I, I yeah. have actually a lot of bestiary uh, thing. Okay, well I mean I got some stuff for that too, but I'll just mention that uh, yeah on the screen right now it says uh, the chim, kalpa, and the wheel. The universe and all that mess, because there's a lot of theories related to that, thanks to Michael, among other things. But yeah, um, yeah, let's start with some bestiary things then. Okay, I know some of those. So uh, one of the um, things on the iceberg you can uh, notice is just in the second uh, big box, uh, there's a thing called giant mud crabs. Oh yeah. Now. Mud crabs are a staple of the Elder Scrolls games. Uh, they've mm. been in almost ev- every single one, and they're the low-level enemy that buggers everybody. And uh, the uh, giant mud crabs can actually mean three different things. Uh, A, it's referencing uh, the supposed uh, giant mud crabs that you could uh, encounter in Oblivion, which was uh, just uh, a a playground rumor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, it can mean um, the emperor crabs that were uh, gigantic crab-like creatures uh, native to Vardenfell, the inner uh, island in the Morrowind region. And uh, which the Chimer uh, or the Chimer uh, used actually at, like cattle, and they uh, you, um, they went extinct uh, before the beginning of the fourth era, and mm-hmm. their husks are actually used as part of the architecture in some places. And yeah, the f- third thing uh, can be in Skyrim, uh, just 
uh, west of Broken Funk uh, Cave uh, in the Reach region. Uh, yeah, I think it's still White Run Hold. Oh, oh, oh yeah, right. It, it's White Run Hold. Uh, uh, in the uh, west of uh, Broken Funk Cave, you can find a giant uh, corpse of mud crab. Uh, the yes. location itself is called Fossilized Giant Mud Crab. Well, and, well, not officially, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the quest uh, kinds sacred trials yeah. uh, that you do for Froki, uh, the grandpa living with his uh, grandson in the mountains. Uh, he sends you. On... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really a quest that necessarily everyone comes across. Unless yeah, it's really it's not. Because... You have to actually uh, visit Froki's shack. Right. Yeah, and uh, talk to him, and he's like an old hunter, and he talks to you about kind and uh, sends you to defeat these uh, spirits, these guardian spirits of different animals. Mm. And uh, the third one is uh, like in the first batch, he gives you a wolf, a skeever, and a mudcrab, and the mudcrab actually sends you to this location where the giant spiritual mudcrab is, and you can fight yes. him. And uh, like I just uh, and a fourth theory actually that uh, might this uh, be uh, a, in Elder Scrolls Online uh, there are uh, blue mat- blue sand crabs. It's a type of enemy, and uh, since in, mm-hmm. it's a MMO, uh, there is a giant boss version of that. <laughs> of course, they got bosses for everything. <laughs> I don't know Elder if it's Scrolls a boss. It's 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 called giant blue sand crab. I... <laughs> okay. Okay. And it's well, big. yeah, no, it's called this ball, but yeah. <laughs> Speaking of mud crabs, I'm reminded of two other theories that are in the iceberg. The uh, mud crabs can speak and the mud crabs run the economy theory. Oh, the those and actually the, both correlate. Yes, because they all stem from the same um, mud crab in Morrowind. Yeah, yeah the, NPC, uh, the mud crab merchant. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it's hard to say how serious we should take it, but like... Uh, it's basically a mud crab, and then you talk to it, and then it basically says like, "Yeah, I can talk. What's the problem? You want to buy something?" And like it's, it's a mud crab it's, merchant. It's, you don't get a lot. Yeah, you don't get a lot of information, but basically he, um, you can you can buy stuff from him, or more accurately, actually, you can usually uh, sell stuff to him, and he has like uh, almost the maximum amount of uh, gold. Well, he's he's the most he's the richest merchant. Uh huh. Uh, he's got, I think, 10,000 gold slash septums, I should say. <laughs> and yeah, it's. it's yeah, funny but he, how, has, uh, uh, he has 10,000 septum. Well. Yeah, there you go. Is it septum? Yeah, it's for the it, it, it should septum. be septum. It, it, it's but not, yeah, but it's yeah. in Morrowind, and Morrowind wasn't part of the Empire. Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yes, it was. Yes, it was. In, <laughs> during Morrowind, that's like kind of like one of the conflicts you encounter in game. Yeah, but like, would Mudcrab use the original currency native to Morrowind, or because true, it's a true. creature, it's well, ah, whatever. They run the economy. <laughs> Let's not get into uh, yeah. crab politics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm not sure how much deeper you can go into. Uh, it, he like, actually like... only sells alcohol. Yeah. All oh, right. He only sells alcohol, and then. But he has the ten thousand. Things. And he yeah. buys out uh, weapons, armor, and potions. And si- si- uh, since potions are gonna be one of your ma- uh, well, actually, biggest, I mean, like... play- 
playing it myself, I'd say actually weapons are uh, going to give you more, simply because uh, glass and ebony weapons are extremely valuable. And there's mm -hmm. also an easy exploit uh, involving Moon Sugar and Skuma uh, with a certain merchant who sells those, uh, who buys those from you. And you can also purchase uh, a very expensive Daedric uh, weapons from him, like 9,000 oh. uh, oh. gold. And basically, uh, what you do then is you exchange it, and then you can give, uh, you can then sell those weapons at the at, uh, at the mud crab, who oh. actually has the money to pay for it. Yeah, like I, I did my money in Morrowind uh, with potions because they stack, and so you just make mm. intelligence potions, which buffs out oh, yeah. your alchemy, and then you make just heal potions, and they sell for fucking astronomical numbers. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, like Morrowind was nice and broken like that. So yeah, <laughs> talking mud crabs and merchant mud crabs. There, yeah, there you go. <laughs> two in <laughs> two birds in with one stone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but since we're on the uh, creature page, let's talk about the fairy chain or the fairy. Oh, okay. That's yes. this is actually a very cool one. Do um, um, tell. So fairies. The sprites or uh, narrates, pixies, whatever, neads, nephrins, whatever you call them, are a type of uh, creatures, uh, magical, mischievous in nature, uh, present all throughout Tamriel. Now, uh, mm -hmm. they vary uh, from just simple floating lights to near godlike beings. Uh, and there is, a, or there was, a scholar by the name of uh, Tsuntriop. And <laughs> this guy um, actually made a list of these fairies and he, um, um, how, how, how to say this? Uh, he ba basically made a hierarchy of them. Mm. Not necessarily by command, but by power. Because... Okay. Uh, uh, and from the lo uh, just the floating lights all the way through through humans, semi-human beings, uh, intelligent trees, intelligent brooks, rooks, and even mountains, all the way to the godlike beings like Geatus, Conus, or Sigria. Uh, and uh, this was actually ac accepted by many scholars, uh, and he was praised by this word, but he left a footnote in there. Mm -hmm. And the footnote stated that it may be that elves as a whole are part of this chain above Willoki and below Nefrin. They certainly have similar features uh, and propensities for magicka as the other fairies. This Ooh. fucked him. How so? Uh, because elves are very proud of their god oh, yeah, right. godly heritage. And he basically just said, oh, you're better than the light floating fairies, but you're uh, lower than the humanoid fairies. <laughs> oof, they, oof. This didn't go down well. And his mm -hmm. works have been completely shunned. But the when when it was only the human part, the oldest scholars like praising. And the hierarchical, yeah. as I as I said, the hierarchical hierarchical <laughs> hierarchical chain is not uh, uh, in like order of command. Um, 
the godlike beings uh, don't summon the fairies that are found usually near them. It's more like the the lower fairies just follow mm. them because it's uh, their instinct. But they oh, are not okay. their leaders. They just coexist. Oh, okay. That reminds you that there the people that wrote about the Elder Scrolls lore actually like role played scholars in that role in, <laughs> in 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 that world trying to explain how the world is actually uh, uh, working. Yeah, no, that I mean, then it sounds interesting. Like, uh, do you imagine they basically like, oh, we want to implement all these things into the game, and then later people are like, okay, so how do you explain it? And then just let uh, basically them role play as scholars in the world, and then the mm -hmm. results of that is what we see in the books. <laughs> yeah, and the books are like amazing. Like, it may. Oh, yeah. um, I think they are the favorite part. For um, when it comes to my research that I uh, do on this uh, on this iceberg, it's like mm -hmm. uh, with the with the fairies. There's so many books to uh, that talk about the fairies uh, of the Somerset Isles and how the uh, how the high elves actually came in onto the Somerset Isles and uh, basically genocided all all <laughs> the godlike fairies because they posed a, posed a threat to them. It talked about fairies that were uh, giant, taller than the trees, and their head was just covered with heads were covered with eyes. <laughs> it sounds like fucking uh, <laughs> fucking Altmar like ruining everything. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Lovecraftian horror, but it's so interesting. Because like it's one really book like leads a nice, to uh, another. Archway. And, yeah. There is another uh, thing on the um, iceberg that I researched that something uh, that has to do something with the bestiary, and that's mm -hmm. that the lizardmen are hasteless Argonians. Oh, now, okay. yeah. uh, lizardmen are enemies that you encounter in Daggerfall or Arena. I don't mm -hmm. remember which one of those. I think it was just Arena, and they are one of the very like prototype enemies. It's just uh, fanta. It's yeah, basic fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, it's yeah. basic fantasy. It's it's a lizard, a humanoid lizard with a spear and a shield, and there was no lore to them, like none at all. It's just an enemy you encounter, and yes. Argonian later in uh, in the game, um, Argonians are suddenly a thing. There is a shit ton of lore, and people just mm -hmm. put two and two together, and oh, lizardmen, uh, they look like Argonians, but why are they not intelligent? It's probably because they don't have the hist sap, or they don't have the hist uh, commanding yep. them. There is no, a, not a single lore mention of the lizardmen. Uh, and they kind of arena. stop existing. Uh, uh, yeah, they completely after stop existing. Red uh, Redguard, which, like, they are not his last Argonians, they're just an early enemy that got uh, left behind. Yeah, kind of like, let's use these like stereotypical uh, fantasy-like uh, yeah, creatures exactly. and then kind of forget about them later. I mean, Dryads used to have their own language and everything, and then they... I think in Elder Scrolls uh, Online, they do pop up again, but mm -hmm. like, certainly different. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it's the classics. You have... Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Can centaurs were centaurs were a thing in Elder Scrolls? I have not seen one. For I'm not sure if they exist in uh, online. I think they exist in online. They, it, it, be. they may be in online. 
They're know. all over Daggerfall and uh, all over High Rock and uh, Hammerfall. Yeah. Uh, so they shoot. It doesn't look like they're in Elder Scrolls Online, but they oh, were said they, they are of course in Legends and in uh, in Daggerfall. Mm-hmm. They're just very good at hiding, just like the dragons, you know. Yeah. The dragons are not dead; they're just invisible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was it. That was those were the days. <laughs> so, uh, one of the theories that I wanted to talk about that I researched is actually the Kim. Uh, Kim. Chim, Kim. Chim. Kim. Whatever you want to call it. Let's say Chim. Um, mm. And it's something um, that was. Uh, it's it's it's. Mostly mentioned in uh, the 36 lessons uh, of Vivek, and it's mentioned in other sources as well. But to put it simply, it's basically the process and state where a person realizes their place within the universe and is able to manipulate the laws of the universe as they see fit from simply uh, understanding themselves. I would and, say that it's basically yeah. the uh, NPC realizing that it's in a video game. <laughs> That's another way of looking at it, definitely. Like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It's something that Vivek basically uh, focuses a lot on, as he is the poetic warrior or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing is, it's. Um, uh, he. Uh, it's it used as an explanation for like big changes. Like if you, if you are capable of, you know, chimp, then you are able to change a lot. And. Uh, one of the famous ones is the jungle Cyrodiil, which is also on the list, is that uh, all the text reference Cyrodiil as a jungle, but when you look in Oblivion, it's not a jungle. And uh, mm. some interpretations in lore uh, explain it that uh, Talos removed it by Chim. Um, yep. And others say like a deforestation. But the thing is, um, the Talos removed by Chim theory is not... Uh, held up properly considering that in Elder Scrolls Online Cyrodiil is also not a uh, uh, a jungle um, but yet, the planes uh, Talos was not born to, yeah. not even born yet but at the same time you could say that he's a fucking uh, dragon break so it, it affects time and you could also say that Online is not always uh, exactly the most accurate <laughs> um, also sometimes Shim is referred to as a secret syllable uh, oh, this yeah. actually ties into the um, what's the name of the magic that um, that did Wemers used? I forgot the name. Uh, tonal architecture. Tonal, tonal architecture. Yeah, basically uh, a lot of uh, more technical magic, not like the mm-hmm. arcane magic that uh, is present in the Elder Scrolls, like the foom that the dragons use and uh, the tonal architecture. It's sound based. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. if you, uh, prob- uh, again, Chim is a, a secret syllable of the royalty. Uh, if you yes. know this syllable and you know its true meaning and you speak it, uh, all the um, known laws the and world bends to you. are suddenly <laughs> lost and uh, you become omnipotent and um, uh, yeah. on, on, so on the, another things. <laughs> Yes. Uh, another way to look at it is that Chim is like it's uh, it's one of the words in Elnofex, which is one of the primal, the original languages. Um, and in that language, Chim means royal or royalty, uh, supposedly. And similarly, you have the word A, so an A and an E, uh, which means is, 
in Elnofix, uh, and it can be interpreted as a state of being. And like, if you look uh, in the sermons uh, of Vivek, he uses certain sentences in which he also uses the word a and chin and other things. Mm-hmm. But there's no official dictionary for it yet so like yeah. it's just casually like here's a sentence in old anal effects and it's never explained mm-hmm. he's like it's like poetically explained but yeah <laughs> also vivek uh talks about in one of his sermons that there are uh, six ways oh the six ach- walking ways yeah six walking ways which is, were six different uh, options for Four you means, yeah. how to become a god yes and uh, chim is the fifth one Yes, I actually know know the the other six, uh, the other five as well. So um, this is also a part uh, uh, partially mentioned in the love letter from the fifth era. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is the prolix tower, uh, which is possibly the act of creating towers in reflection uh, of the shape of the universe, which is an eye. Uh, the psychic endeavor. Uh, number three is nemidium, meaning you break the rules of reality. Four is the mantling, uh, yep. or the an, Jesus, anantio, anantiomorph. <laughs> Jesus, that's a difficult thing to say. Five is the ch- chim, and then seven, six is the, the scarab that becomes a new man, which is the concept of amaranth. So that gives us something to talk Ama- about. The uh, thing is that amaranth is... and Amaranth, chim, and psychic endeavor are actually the same thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. uh, probably that there's like slight dif- difference in in it. Amaranth is the name of the guy that's doing the chim, and okay. um, chim Amaranth. And what was the what was the third one? The third one is the Numidian, as uh, in breaking the rules. Yeah, Numidian. Amaranth. Oh, you mean uh, the Sigic Endeavor? Yeah, Sigic uh, Endeavor, and Sigic Endeavor is. A path that leads to chiming. Yes. Uh, they say it's like the Sigic Endeavors, it refers to the teachings of Boethia and Mephala and is somehow related to the idea of proving your worth in some way. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, one more, a few more things I want to mention about Chim is that uh, you have the zero sum or zero summing, which oh, is yeah. the failure of achieving Sim. And uh, because of that, you kind of erase yourself from existence. Completely, you... like, uh, because uh, to achieve Chim, you basically go beyond the universe. You like, have to realize yourself in the universe. Yeah, and, and if uh, you lose yourself in that. And yeah. when, you, when you're, like, face-to-face uh, face with reality and you <laughs> lose control, you just poof out of existence. And that's zero-summing. Like, uh, zero-summing in our life, in uh, real life, uh, to zero sum means to win so that everybody else loses. <laughs> okay, interesting interpretation. That, that's the no, literal it... meaning of zero summing from uh, the. Oh, okay. Uh, from. What's it called? Oxford Dictionary, yeah. Oh, wow. It's an actual term. I'm yeah, it's an actual that. term. It means like. Uh, it's a condition of winning. When you win, everybody loses. Hmm. Okay. Oh, like that. Yeah, I get it. Sort of a break-even kind of feeling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a different interpretation I saw of uh, of it was uh, 
at least in the Elder Scrolls lore, is that it's essentially losing yourself within the wheel and having an existential crisis so hard you cease to be. <laughs> Hardcore yeah, basically. Crisis. <laughs> so uh, another thing that was in the six walking ways uh, was the mantling, which uh, is basically a concept of becoming so alike to something and in this case uh, a god, becoming so like a god that you become a god and you possibly even take their power. Which is interesting. Mantling uh, is basically like when you're when you are an avatar of a god. Mantling mm -hmm. is taking that to another level, and oh, actually, okay. like, okay. um, how to say this? <laughs> <laughs> it's being s better than the god and assuming his yeah. place. You basically like, oh, okay, I get, I've been given a bit of power from the god, and then I do as the god pleases, then I get more power and more power, and eventually, like, I'm basically the god plus. <laughs> yeah, when, when you, you become, be, be, become uh, the god. When you, uh, because every god in uh, the Elder Scrolls has, like, an agenda, mm -hmm. and when you uh, follow the agenda better than the god, <laughs> you become... <laughs> you take <more>. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, some other things, uh, some other theories that are on the iceberg related to Chim. Uh, there's a uh, Chim Quantum. Dream Sleeve, we could talk about that. Okay, yeah, uh, let me quickly mention this one. Uh, okay. The Quantum, uh, a quantum Witness, uh, which is a lot of real life thing. Uh, so basically quantum physics, uh, quantum physics are the rules of how, how particles work, uh, and... Uh, a problem with the uh, quantum physics is that we cannot witness them properly, as in they're too small. We can't see how they behave. And when you um, when you are om uh, omnipotent with Chim, you can you would technically uh, act as a witness because you are omnipotent. You are all knowing, and therefore mm -hmm. you could act as a witness to. Uh, uh, to the quantum particles and therefore be a quantum witness. Witness. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that's the theory. <laughs> All right, you wanted the, the dream sleep. Yeah, the, the dream sleep. But before uh, that, uh, we talked about the mantling, and uh, I quickly googled uh, some mantles that actually happened, so that you um, mm. oh, okay. have yeah, a better um, example of how it works. Uh, at the end of the Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, yes. you, the champion of Cyrodiil, uh, at the end of the uh, Shivering Isles DLC, ah, where yes. you end the Grey March, or during the uh, Grey March event, you mantle Shiogorath. True. And uh, Talos is... Uh, uh, Talos is technically mantling um, Lorcan when oh, he yeah. uh, where he became where he became Talos. He um, did the thing with the Numidian, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and the Tribunal. Each of those three are mantling Azura, Boethia, and Methala. Well, they tried, but yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Lorcan and uh, and. Ma Mantling and Chim uh, to be spe specifically. There's also the theory that Lorcan purposefully failed. Uh, oh, he was there, the there's, first... a there's actually a shit ton of uh, entries that yeah. uh, refer to Lorcan just in general. There is a 
on, on the very top there is an entry called the missing god which is just Lorcan or Shore or whatever name mm-hmm. you prefer to call him uh, yeah uh, there's the theory as you said that he fell on purpose which yes. uh, like well like he he was the first spirit to go beyond the universe and see the tower yep. You know, he, and then he didn't achieve Chim, and he likely did this on purpose to show others how to not do it. That is the yeah, like, and to demonstrate that it was difficult for Etada to achieve this state because they simply don't have the boundaries such as death that mortals do, or at least that's the the theory that uh, Kagrenex uh-huh. came up with. Like the thing is, uh, Lorcan was actually a bastard, like a uh, like. Not not As in, he's an asshole or like born wise. <laughs> you know, he was not he, he wasn't evil per se, but he okay. knew that uh, creating the existence would fuck him up. So he tricked all the other gods into sacrificing mm. them uh, themselves True. instead of him, and that's uh, why they actually. Uh, but even so, he actually still sacrificed. Because he was so mm-hmm. powerful, and he is, um, as you know, every planet has a, a name in the Elder Scrolls universe, and they are named after after the divines that sacrifice themselves to make up the existence, to make up Nern. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lorcan is actually the uh, first three ones, so he's Nern, Secunda, and Master. He's, he's like parts of oh, him. Yeah. It's like not not uh, mm-hmm. the whole thing. But uh, he is drops one of the, the most <laughs> big, uh, components of that. Yes. Yeah, he's, that, he's basically split he into a lot of pieces. Because like his heart is in the mountain, his blood yeah. are drips all over. He shattered. Uh, then the, he's, he's the moons. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's bits and pieces everywhere. Mm-hmm. You mentioned... Uh, what was it again? Uh... The missing god, or did you already? Forget? Yeah, the the missing god. That's that's him. He, he's yeah, not there. Basically. He <laughs> is missing. That's all there's to say. Yeah, like maybe it's referring to when you uh, enter Sovngarde in Skyrim, mm-hmm. and um, they are waiting for Shore, who ah, is yes, Lorca, right. who is like uh, the Nordic aspect of Lorcan. Um, that's a long waiting and, time then. <laughs> and yeah, uh, they have a seed, big, uh, big ass seed reserved for him, and uh, mm. everybody is like drinking to his name, and they uh, are I, waiting I, for him to come back. Yeah. To be honest, like the way they portrayed uh, Sovngarde in Skyrim, I feel like it was slightly, it was, it was epic, but also underwhelming, because like this is where the Nords throughout the millennia have gone to, and why is it so small? Like at least give the impression that like the hall is endless instead of this tiny ass thing like you just can't that's go to the, the rest of the hall that's the um lore thing like it was it, it's supposed to go on and on then yeah exactly uh, and but like I just didn't like, show ba- no, bards playing <coughs> loud music everywhere wenches and mead and feasts yeah like Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, it's Valhalla. That yeah. it, it is Valhalla. Like that, that, there's no arguing about that. True, true. Um yeah, like I, I know I like put on the screen like we should talk about Kalpa and the wheel, but like that is way too much to do in like five Kalpa, minutes. <laughs> uh, Kalpa is uh, a long talk. Yeah. A yeah. wheel. Uh, we, we'll even... do that we'll we'll save we'll save that for next time then. Yeah. Speaking Go of through. short, there is a book yes. by Michael Kirkbride 
called no. Shore Shore uh, Shore Son of Shore. Yeah, that's one. Oh, Shore okay. Son of Shore, <laughs> and in that. Uh, he talks about Shore gathering weaponry when his meat hole is attacked or something. And mm-hmm. uh, he says, uh, grab your spears and swords and wine ah, knives. Yes. Wine yes. knife. Wine knife is a thing <laughs> that exists in real life. It's the little curvy knife that you open wine with. You mm-hmm. cut the foil around so it doesn't have the metallic aftertaste. But mm-hmm. this is not like the wine knives he means obviously <laughs> uh, because the Nords are uh, Sca- uh, based upon Scandinavia and the real life one knife smell of French but uh... <laughs> well <laughs> that's that's a dis- separate discussion um, he actually didn't elaborate at all what these wine knives were uh, but uh, he uh... until he, he posted asked yeah yeah. Uh, he posted this book, uh, Shore uh, Sunshore, on Reddit. Uh, somebody asking what these uh, wine knives are, and he replied uh, in a single comment uh, on the, on the Elder Scrolls or subreddit, uh, saying that the wine knives are a type of weapon that you pull out only when you are drunk, and the more sober you are, the duller it is. Basically, it's a sword. That's only for drunk people, and the more drunk you are, the more dangerous it is. <laughs> That's uh, and yeah. uh, it's it becomes unusable when you're completely sober. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. Like, uh, Larry that, said that, that it's it's like an innuendo. I don't see it there. I, I, I mean, like I I I think it's it could be. Uh, you know, an implication of something else, but like this, I mean, he says it like this, so, you know. Uh, well, I mean, there's the, uh, there's a thing called, um, Dutch courage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Which is, uh, <laughs> the courage that you get from being drunk. Uh, uh-huh, and if uh-huh. you're more courageous, then you're more bold. And if you're more bold, you technically could be, uh, more, uh, Fearsome in battle, better in battle, but you can yeah, also because you don't have like the um, pain receptors. Not, not pain, like uh, you're not afraid to get hurt. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you you don't have the restraint, so you just go yes. ape shit, and that's yeah, dangerous. True. Maybe that. Like speaking of knives, uh, and um, there is a a part of the province called uh, of Hammerfell. There is a mm. kingdom called Daggerfall. Yes. Uh, governed by the big ass city, Dag- Daggerfall, and a game uh, having it, uh, it, a game was named by this province, even though it t- took <laughs> yes. part uh, part in Daggerfall, part in High Rock. Uh, yes. So Daggerfall, that's Actually, a curious that's name. How? Why is it called like that? There yeah, so you see, Hammerfell two... has a logic explanation. Yeah, ha- Hammerfell has actual fell. logic. Uh, it's named but... after the. Legendary Volendrum. hammer of Volendrung. Volendrung, the, yeah, sorry. Yeah, be, being flung by uh, one of the was it the was it the god or one of the chieftains? I don't remember. I think it was one of the chieftains. It was probably which one is of, even more OP, but <laughs> yeah, Volendrung is uh, for those don't, you don't know, it's a legendary Daedric artifact, a big ass hammer uh, of the god Trina, not Trinamak, uh, Malakaf. 
Monica. <laughs> Technically both. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, so Ma- Malaka, who is the uh, yeah. god that all orcs worship. And yeah. this hammer is said to be so heavy that only the champion of Malakaf can wield it. Mm-hmm. And so basically he flung this and it flew all the way to Hammerfall because the hammer fall down, it make crash uh, called Hammerfall. <laughs> yes, English. Beautiful English. <laughs> yes, I mean, but Daggerfall is different from that? Uh, it is. Uh, there is no known reason why it's called Daggerfall. Uh, the, again, the... Um, <laughs> the scholars have debated a long uh, time ago, but the most um, widely believed theory, uh, it's actually quite, a, uh, it's helpful and, and amusing to historians all around. Uh, Daggerfall by tradition is said to refer to the knife uh, that the first chieftain threw to form the borders of his lands, uh, but there are <laughs> other legends that may have equal validity. Um, there are like no other actual legends uh, have been stated, but there are fan theories that it's named after uh, an elven lady uh, that uh, whose uh, whose name was uh, terribly um, mis um, mispronounced. No, no, mistranslated by the Nords. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. From something like uh, sword, sword maiden to dagger fall down, again, and uh, other theories like this. But the uh, throwing, the, throwing the dagger around to set your borders is the most accepted theory. Yeah, I just came up with another theory that would be terrible if it was true. Where like you know, you have someone from Hammerfell, Hammer, big weapon. And then they are cast out, exiled, and they make their own little city in the, in the province next to it, in Hyrule. And this city, well, uh, someone who is with Daggerfall, a small weapon. It's like the chieftain, the, the Nordic chieftain, was drunkard, so he was fo- constantly falling, and he, <laughs> okay. and oh. he had a big scar on his face from a dagger. Oh, that's another one. Nice one, yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it. That is forty-five minutes. It's a little more than than forty-five even. Um, that's it for today's episode. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you for sticking with us, listening to yes. our uh, dagger fall down <laughs> daggers. Yes. So uh, next time we will most likely talk about the kalpa in the wheel. Uh, yep. We are going to go past then... the fourth and the fifth wall. <laughs> We're going into the eighth dimension, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm three right. fo- parallel universes ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. See you guys. Have a nice day.